rebuilding job. Energy. You know, glad to see you. Hello. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. It is a spooky, scary edition on Halloween for you folks. Uh, Spurs have had a very, very scary week, and it is potentially about to get scarier. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Uh, a little bit of pod business before we get to our, 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 the rest of our crew today. Uh, we have a new Instagram account, which you can go follow uh, at Tottenham Depot, same as the Twitter handle. So go check us out on Instagram if you haven't as well already. Um, we've got Scott Shuban and Dakota with us today. Let's start it out by throwing it over to Scott up there in the great Pacific Northwest. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Not much, man. Just on pins and needles, refreshing that Twitter feed. Um, we all know why, right? But uh, other than that, I got a massive fucking baseball game tonight that I'm already shitting myself over and three three really really tough uh opportunities to win baseball games in front of houston astros but that's not what what we're here to talk about so i'll kick it back to you yeah scott's a big uh, houston astros fan uh, as, as some of you know and, and as we've been over a little bit as they've been making their run through the major league baseball playoffs and um we'll just leave it at that he's going to be banging on a trash can all night rooting for that team so uh we'll, yeah maybe we'll we'll, we'll, we'll wish him the best i suppose uh, better than doing a better than doing a racist uh, chant and 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 motion that like like the other team will be. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, we've all we've also got Dakota. He's at Dakota J Booth. Dakota, what's going on, my friend? Uh, you know, just hanging out. Uh, I'm I'm less uh, on pins and needles because I think the news is coming in the morning. Um, so. If it doesn't happen in the morning here in the in uh, I guess middle of the night here in the U.S., but morning over in uh, in England, then I'll begin wondering what are we waiting for, and maybe that is the last game before this next international break. But I don't see the point in that. But we'll talk about that as we go. Yep. But yeah, let's just let's enjoy our our last few hours and not stress ourselves. Scott, you have enough to stress about. Yeah, it's it's spooky enough today with with all the the, the ghosts and goblins running around. Uh, speaking of ghosts and goblins, we've got Shuban with us. No, that's a joke. That's a bad joke. Shuban's at the real Shuban. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. Um, he's, he's the ghost of TC who isn't here at the moment. Anytime yeah. you get to um, chat Spurs with your mates and Dakota, I mean, it's always a good day. <laughs> and um, and yeah, apparently I'm a Houston Astros fan. Apparently, because Scott took me to a match and so apparently I'm, i should be caring about that game right. these I, things I happen really right? yeah i, yeah, I so think I, that I, I care a lot about it and yeah yeah a lot so much you can tell how you know how enthused i was i think that scott has has held shuban at knife point like michael myers forcing him <laughs> to become a houston astros fan at one point or another uh but like scott said we're not here to talk about the the, the goddamn houston astros or the goddamn atlanta braves or or that goddamn world series uh we're here to talk about goddamn tottenham hotspur who are scary enough um it's been a week guys and i have spent my sunday most of it at least uh depressingly enough sitting at this very computer that i am sitting at recording this podcast with you fine gentlemen and just staring at social media waiting for some kind of official announcement some kind of something to come down um all the rumors are that uh tottenham hotspur will be departing ways with nuno espirito santo any minute, any hour, any day, any week now um, after what has gone on. Obviously, this comes on the back of a 3-0 defeat to Manchester United on Saturday. Uh, Spurs did win earlier in the week in the League Cup uh, against Burnley 1-0. But um, guys, I guess let's just start this thing by talking about how how we feel. Like, what are our feelings um, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of what this means and what this week has meant for Spurs, Scott, how are you feeling just in your bones right now about everything that's going on with Spurs? I don't know. No feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Indifference? Yes. I think I, 
it's just it's just been a shitty two years at this club and I think you know really ever since that Champions League final it's just gotten more stale and more stale and become harder and harder to even get emotionally invested and so I think yesterday I you know granted Seattle Spurs had a little golf outing yesterday so I was there just you know ripping some some cold beers with the boys and getting ready to play golf and so I think when 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 the game was over, I, I was really just ready to, to move on. But I think ultimately, at no point in time during the game did I really even get upset or angry. I was just like, yeah, well, standard, completely what I expected at this point, right? Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the football that we're playing. You know, again, it's definitely not in a vacuum. This compounds over, like I said, two years. But to have all of that culminate in the worst football I've seen us play really ever, you know, since 2011, when I became a fan, it's just, it's really hard to, to, to care even anymore at this point, which I think is a massive problem for not only the club from a fan base, but for for the board as well. Right. Because I'm certainly not the only fucking person that feels that way. I can assure you of that. Yeah. I mean, the players feel that way, Scott, look at how they played and look at the emotion they played with yesterday is yeah. Is the same apathy that you're watching the game with. So and that, that, I think, is the most egregious thing that can be held against Nuno, which is saying a lot because his tactics have been bad, his selections have been bad, his substitutions have been bad. So, you know, out of all of those bad things, letting the players get to a point where they're walking out onto that field and playing with zero emotion – of which these guys have dedicated their entire lives to playing the sport, right? They love the sport and they're out there with no emotion. That is, you know, head and shoulders above the worst thing that Nuno has done. And I'm really confused by that because Nuno seems like he's a really great leader. He seems like he's a really great person, really great guy. And, you know, in the first month or so that he was here, it seemed like the players were buying in and that they were on board for, this journey that we were going to be on with Nuno. And it seems like the the train has gone very far off the tracks in a short period of time. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out why at some point. Um, but the why is much important, much less important than the fact that it's happened. And you have to have a, a, an appropriate response to that. And the appropriate response is to move on. Uh, for Nuno's sake, for the integrity of his reputation. And honestly, this sounds a little dramatic, but for the integrity of the position of head coach of Tottenham Hotspur, it's time to move him on before that title means absolutely nothing. And it is something that, you know, you or I, whoever you are listening to this, it can step in and, and it holds just as much weight as anyone. Shuban, it's been 17 games for Nuno in, in charge. Is is it too short of a time span to just say sayonara? I asked a friend of mine who's a Valencia fan. I think I've spoken to this before. And it was like, it was going really well at Valencia. And then it stopped. And he couldn't work out how to change it. I think, I, I, look, I, don't, I don't know Nuno, Nuno for Santo. I didn't like to say no to Nuno because by all accounts, he seems a very decent man. Um, and then they, if you look at, say, success at Wolves, his success at Wolves came because they signed Champions League level quality players. Like, I forgot the name of the Portuguese player that plays for them. But, you know, in their midfield to, to come to a championship club. They came up, they did a lot better. They punched above their weight for two seasons. And this last year, he just couldn't make it work. Now, obviously, he had injuries and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously, they, you know, Wolves didn't have a full stadium because of the pandemic here. But same thing here. It just isn't working out. It really isn't. And it's, I think it's just best for all parties. It really is. It's, I feel bad for Nuno. He does seem like a decent man. And I'm sure, and I'm sure Jose is a decent man as well. I'm sure, like, most, we want to paint Jose as a villain. It's easier to do that. I think most people are genuinely decent people but it just isn't working out i think you know i think we should give nuno say look thank you it didn't work out we appreciate all your efforts and really we have to look at the person who's appointing these managers that is where 
there's clearly a problem and it's what 20 years is it, of, e of enoch now you had the, you had the chance and the only reason you didn't hear him so loudly is because three well, about half the people already left the dams damn stadium right yeah no it's 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 a it's a very good point and you know when you look back at how this how this appointment went back in the summertime i mean spurs sack jose Mourinho. they bring in ryan mason as a caretaker to get them through the end of the season and then it's literally months before they're able to get their what seventh eighth ninth choice however you want to define nuno um and it has gone this poorly and i shuban i think your sentiments are you know very right in terms of look nuno's by all accounts nuno is a good guy and he's well liked and it just seems like he has been put in a position to fail and been put in a position where he is in over his head um and I think a lot of people would have thought that from 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 Jump Street. And unfortunately, a lot of people have been, you know, for all intents and purposes, proven right um, for, from from what has gone on here in the first goodness. I mean, what's it been? Just a few months, really, um, of this appointment. And it seems to be coming to an end just as quickly. Uh, let's Let's go back and, like, kind of dissect this week a little bit because Spurs are, you know... Spurs are into the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. Uh, we have not potted since last Sunday. They did get a 1-0 victory over Burnley. And when you look back at that game, it's it's kind of weird because I thought Spurs played kind of well in that game, despite it just being a, a kind of weird 1-0 away to Burnley. Uh, the goal coming, you know, fairly late. Lucas Mora had to come on for Brian Heal, uh, who, who was hurt in the first half. Mora ends up scoring on a header in the 68th minute and Spurs kind of hang on late for a one nil to advance. Um, they've drawn West Ham in the next round, which we all know how that went the first time around uh, in the premier league. Um, but uh, this match weirdly enough at midweek gave me a little bit of something to grab onto. Of course, all of that came crashing down against United, who was a team that was almost in as much of shambles as, as Spurs were before yesterday. But um, Dakota, I'm going to go to you on this. What were your thoughts after the midweek match and kind of how you felt about a one nil away to Burnley in a match that wasn't thrilling or spectacular, but a solid midweek, you know, win in a cup match, you know, to another Premier League side? Yeah, uh, Burnley away is never, you know, an easy game for really anyone in the league. It's a tough place to go to because of the way that they play. And I think there's just something about it, a fall evening at a place where you have to grit and grind already. That just makes it seem even more tough. So uh, I was really pleased with what I saw midweek. Um, I liked the selection. Honestly, I liked the mix of first team and, um, and, you know, let's say fringe players. Um, I enjoyed the way that they, that they played. I think there was a hint of strategy. <laughs> we showed some, uh, some good movement off the ball. There seemed to be a plan. There were some patterns of play other than just get it down the wings and hoof it in and see what happens. Um, and yeah, we ended up getting, getting the winner and honestly never really looked like conceding outside of, you know, a five minute stretch at the end um, controlled the game pretty well. And you know, you'd like to win the games like that a little more comfortable, but you know, like I said in the beginning, you'll take a one nil away at the turf more in late October, especially if it gets you to the next round of a, a cup competition that you're prioritizing this season. So I would say like you, I was a little bit hopeful at the, you know, at full time of, of the care about cup match midweek. Um, and then, you know, I, I, all of that kind of unraveled, before kickoff, honestly, when the lineup dropped and we saw that Ben Davis had been brought in for Reg Sergio Regalon, who was dropped. And, uh, you know, I don't have so much of a beef with Giovanni Lacelso on for Tongi and Dombele, um, but that is, I think, an issue for a lot of people. And, yeah, so it, it 
came unraveled. All of the good work that had been done midweek had been undone before a ball was kicked on Saturday, which is really uh, unfortunate for Nuno. But I think it accurately describes how he's like his, his tenure. You know, he gets some good graces, um, gets some momentum going, and then he brings on uh, issues to himself doing unnecessary things that are unnecessary. And then everything just keeps going downhill. So to answer your question, a bit hopeful that we had maybe turned a corner um, with our, with our style of play. Mostly Um, obviously that didn't happen, but I want to, I want to like follow up on that Reggian point because Scott and I went back and forth in the group chat yesterday uh, during, during the United match talking about Ben Davis and, why he was starting again after starting midweek uh, over Sergio Reguilon. And I, I, Scott, I don't think we really disagreed. I, I think you were just trying to make a point that Ben Davis maybe provided some uh, like a safer bet um, and, and a more defensive and safer play against United, which obviously have attacking talent. My problem was just that though, was playing it safe against a team like United who were defensively coming into yesterday's match defensively shambolic and in about as much of a crisis mode as Spurs were and currently still are. Um, And that is what was baffling to me. I I wanted more going up the wings, especially when you consider that United ended up going with the back three and playing a wing back system. You kind of knew that Aaron Wan-Bissaka was always going to be pinning a guy like Ben Davis in um in in that tactical scenario it made Ole Gunnar Solskjaer look like a tactical genius which is really really fucking hard to do but Nuno somehow did it what were your thoughts on on Reggian do, do we think that there's something else going on there that we're unaware of or was it just a a, a brain fart of a decision by by Nuno yeah I mean I think I'll say in the in the chat I have to say I in no way shape or form agreed with the decision and I do not think he's even a safer bet I was just saying that I think Nuno felt he was a safer bet, which happens to be exactly what Nuno came out and said, essentially, right after the game. So I'm going to toot my own whore there and say I was bang on about that. But the the interesting thing oh, – go ahead, Dakota. I was just going to say, saying that Ben Davis is more defensively reliable than Sergio Regulon is offensive to Sergio Regulon because he's, right. exactly. he's not done anything to to suggest that. Yeah, no, it, it was an asinine decision to start Davis. And so to answer your question, I can only hope there's something going on, you know, for Sergio Regulon's sake. There, there's an actual reason other than Ben Davis is, you know, a safer bet um, because that's just a fucking stupid decision. But to be honest, that's all I've seen from Nuno is just really weird, strange, inexplainable decisions. Um and just, you know, continues to drive the point home that this guy just really doesn't know what he's doing, right? It's unfortunate. I was I, I was a fan of his and still am as a person, right? But I just don't think he's cut out to to be in the position. And I think, you know, that decision is a great point into, into the list of, you know, why why uh, we can see that as being correct and why so many people feel that way. But, um, yeah, there's really no other other reason or explanation or way to define that decision other than a total brain fart and one that is, you know, consistent with a long line of them. Yeah. There, there was a moment at the end towards the end of the West Ham match that I wanted to bring up last week. And I brought it up in our chat and it seems like a perfect time to bring it up now because it, it, it's on topic, but Sergio Regulon was brought off in the 84th minute for someone. I don't remember exactly who I think it was Brian Heel when we went to, playing with no left back. <laughs> right. And there was a, a moment that they showed over here on the American broadcast where, you know, Sergio Regulon shaking the gaffer's hand after he come, he came off and Nuno hold is holding his hand in that handshake and has his other hand on his arm and is talking to him. And Sergio Regulon looks perplexed. He has absolutely no idea what's happening right now, but it kind of looks like Nuno's given him the business a little bit about something that happened in the match. And so I think there's something going on between Nuno and Mm -hmm. that is kind of that. I have no idea what's going, what, what happened because I thought Sergio was fine against West Ham. Well, and, and I don't know if you were on, 
if I don't know if you were on the episode where I was talking about this, I can't remember if you and I kicked it back. So sorry if it's repeat, but that decision to sub off Sergio Reguillon and, and put Sun at, at wing back or fullback or whatever he was doing. And I, it just reminded me of something I would do in a video game when I was like down a goal and really <laughs> needed, needed something. Right. I would literally just like throw an extra attacker on there. I would put Lucas Mora at fullback. Right. And then just like it, it, it for a Premier League manager to make that decision, it was just very strange, especially when Regulon was playing so well in that game. So maybe Dakota's spot on with that, that there is, you know, something going on and that furthers the point there. Well, and 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 what's even stranger about that is that, you know, you Dakota, you mentioned it, it's unfair to say that, that Sergio Regulon's defensive capabilities w- would would not be the same or better than Ben Davis's. You know, you could point to the tail end of last season and maybe say that, but Sergio Reguilon has been on very good form and has been performing mm-hmm. well, not only defensively but but going forward as well. And the same can be said on the other side in in Emerson Royale. Both of those guys, both the fullbacks, have been bright spots really on this team in the last week or two. Um, I think both of them have been improving in their play and and playing fairly well. You could say that about maybe two other players on the team, maybe like Cootie. Yeah, Cudi Romero and and I would say Oliver Skip probably are 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 the 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 three or four guys who have have been putting in an effort. I, I I'd throw Hyungmin Sun into that a little bit too. I think Hyungmin Sun's giving an effort like he always does, um, even if it's not being you know shown in production. Other than that, and 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 that's where I wanted to shift this conversation to next because we can point to the decisions that Nuno made and how poor they were. Um, and how frustrating they were and, and the substitutions being strange. I mean, we saw yesterday against United, he subs uh, Steven Bergvine on for Lucas Mora. And it's like, what does that do to, to, to help your team chase a game? It really does nothing. It's a very like for like sub. Um, and, and I would, I would even say not a like for like sub. you bring on a, you know, a, a less talented player for a more talented player at this point uh, in terms of, of on, on pitch quality. But it's also the players. You've got to talk about the players at this point. And the one player to really talk about is the player that we focus on the most, it seems. Um, Shuban, what the fuck is wrong with Harry Kane? Um, I don't know. Maybe he's focusing on the World Cup next year, so he's probably taking this season off to focus on that. I mean, I, you know, as someone who's English, clearly I, I have vested interest in that. But... Um, <laughs> No, I don't. Do you know what? Maybe his heart literally isn't it. I mean, I remember I was at, I was at a game. This one, I think, there was some whole Luka Modric saga was going on. And he, we were really disjointed. As soon as he came on, everyone applauded. And it all started to work. Right now, we talk about ghosts and stuff like that. Well, we we, we had one we had one on the pitch. I, mean, I drove past Spurs Stadium on Friday night. And they were doing the Halloween thing. I was like, you know what? I remember saying to a friend of mine, Chris, I said, you know what? Be get ready for a horror show tomorrow night as well. As if like, I maybe I had some chilling forewarning of it or something. But you know what? He just isn't... At the end of the day, Harry, Gareth Southgate picks Jesse Lingard, who doesn't even play for Man United at all. You know? He's not even playing. He doesn't even play well. He's not even playing for United. He still puts him in the team. Gareth Southgate will not drop Harry Kane. So as Harry Kane kind of knows that, do you know what? He's, yeah, he's playing for England. You know what? He probably doesn't give a shit about Spurs, which sounds sad to say, but look, I've done that. I mean, I know I've been in jobs where I know that I'm going, I'll put some effort in, but if I don't want to be there, I know someone else will take me, I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to phone it in. What's, what's Harry Kane doing differently from anyone else who's handed in their notice? Well, you know what's funny is I, I'm I'm less worried about Gareth Southgate dropping Harry Kane, and I'm more worried about someone like Nuno Espirito Santo or maybe Ryan Mason or whoever the fuck is going to come in and manage this club. I'm worried about them dropping Harry Kane at this point because he's not he's not playing up to up to snuff. He's just not he's not giving the. It's one thing to to to, to be giving the effort he's not giving the effort it seems and you know I, it's it's one thing to to criticize the guys on field play i'm not going to criticize what the guy's doing off the pitch uh like many on social media are 
but when he's on the pitch, it just doesn't seem like he's focused. It doesn't seem like he's there. Um, this team in Premier League matches has not had a shot on goal in two hours and 16 minutes. That is that is preposterous. It was since a cane header in the 44th minute against West Ham last week that this team has gone without a shot on goal. You can't score if you don't shoot. And this team is is exemplifying that right now. Um, a, another almost baffling stat about this 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 club right now: uh, they have a negative seven goal differential, which is the same as Leeds United, which sits seventeenth, uh, and only better than Newcastle and Norwich, which both sit nineteenth and twentieth. They're tied for the third worst goal differential in the league right now. I think they're just a the... bad club. I think after the the results went final today, Leeds actually have a worse goal difference. They're minus eight. And they're all three of those teams you just mentioned are in the relegation zone. Well, I just gotta say, if we don't if we didn't sack Nuno and rode the year out, I don't think we'd get relegated, but I think we'd finish probably somewhere just above that zone, right? Like and that and that's not me emotionally reacting to anything. That's the fact that, like you said, over two hours of football without a shot on goal an inability to progress the football. And that's why we're not getting shots on goal. Like we have no clue what we're doing, getting the ball forward. Um, there's no plan. Uh, it's, it's really troubling and, and it has to change really quickly. Right. Um, and here's, a, here's another thing, whatever we do, we got to get somebody who's going to come in and sit Kane's ass down. And like, I, I, I said this on a show before we sacked Mourinho and I still feel very strongly about this, that, I said, the second we sack Jose, Kane will have zero interest in ever being at this club again. And it's like, it's exactly what happened, right? He said, okay, look, at this point, we were we were playing really good football. We tanked. I was injured, blah, blah, blah. We have a world-class manager. You sack him right before a final. Like, what are we doing? Who are you going to bring in? Like, nobody can come in now and fix Kane. So, like, I think that's a huge piece of this, too, like, only like a Conte is going to get Kane's interest and Conte is not fucking coming to Tottenham. We see all this no. stupid shit on the internet right now, but like, here's the thing. Like when we sign it, when we stack Nuno tomorrow and bring in a new manager, Kane has to, we have to move on from Kane and we have to start figuring it out without him because he's not going to be interested in playing for, for Sergio Conceicao, who, who looks to be, you know, up next or maybe Apollo Fonseca, who knows? It's probably going to be Ryan Mason, but Kane's not going to want to be around, so it's time. So, yeah, so here's the thing. I, th I think, and I posed this question on the internet yesterday. I I wonder if our, if we've been cursed by our blessings, in a sense. I wonder if Hyungman's son and Harry Kane have been doing so much work for us that the rest of, and, and you know, Christian Erickson for a while of that too, wonder if those three guys were doing such a heavy lifting of our offensive work for the you know last half decade that the rest of the team just doesn't even know how to operate when those three guys aren't clicking and one of them is gone so if one of them's gone and the other doesn't care to be there you know it's up to Hyungman's son to carry this team and you know he's our leading goal scorer and by all you know, intents and purposes is doing such and we see where it's getting. So whoever comes in needs to shift the focus away from letting two people do all the work. And, you know, Jose Mourinho didn't even do that. He thought, okay, well, let's let these two guys go to work and we'll play some defense. And it worked for a while. And then, you know, all the rails fell off. So it, it's going to be important whoever comes in that the rest of the team becomes as important as Harry Kane and Hillman's son. And I don't think they have been up until this point. What's incredible about that though, Dakota, is that you, this team has built its reliance on so few building blocks. And that's just not, that's not a healthy way to build a football club and bringing in Paratici has hopefully started the process of actually building some, some foundation uh, some of the foundational pieces like Erickson who have departed or go, even going back to Musa Dembele who departed um, going back to, you know, Toby Alderweireld and, and Jan Vertonghen, these pieces that have departed uh, 
you have to continually build. And this this goes back all the way back to when Spurs spent, what was it, a full window not addressing anyone, not bringing in anyone. What was it, a window and a half? Two, two windows. windows. Two windows, not bringing in anyone. Um, it all feels like a blur. I forget that it was actually two full windows. And, you know, you go and play a team like United yesterday, and I'm not saying that Spurs are in the same class as United in terms of brand or in terms of the money that they can spend but united go into yesterday and they've got players like marcus rashford and uh jaden sancho mason greenwood jesse lingard donny van de beek all these guys not even in their starting paul pogba who who was out on a red card suspension all these guys not even close to their starting 11 now they have cristiano ronaldo and bruno fernandez and edison cavani and you know Luke Shaw and all these guys that that can still be consistently consistent in their lineup when all those other guys aren't even there. Spurs don't have that amount of second team depth whatsoever. You know, they if if they are missing Pierre-Emile Hoybier and Oliver Skip, they're playing Harry Winks. <laughs> you know, they're playing Giovanni Lo Celso and Tangi and Dombele in, in the same midfield, which is not what anyone wants. If they're, you know, if they're missing uh, Sergio Reguilon, they're playing Ben Davis or they're doing it, God forbid, by choice. Um, if they're missing Harry Kane, they're playing who? A 17-year-old right. academy player. And we so, are missing Kane, to be honest. Like, Yeah, so, so they don't have the depth. They don't have the foundational pieces to, you know, to rely on if 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 those pieces like Kane and Son aren't clicking, th- there's, there's nothing to fall back on. We mentioned Danny Van de Beek. I think we there were rumors about us connected with him even pre Champions League semi final. And I think if he went into the summer post Champions League final, then there were five players that we were all kind of linked with. There was Bruno Fernandez, Andombele, Van de Beek, Ceballos, and Lacelso. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so those are five very good attacking midfielders and midfielders. We're doing decent jobs at their, at their clubs. All five have come to this country. Only one is actually doing quite well. Quite well. One can't even get, Vanderby can't even get to the squad. So Bios, he was injured. He, I don't think Arsenal even picked up their option. He's not even no, he's there. He's back in Madrid now, not, even, not getting minutes. And, you know, so I think it is hard. But when I looked at, say, the slash strikers, now I'm not going to say Josh King was a person which you looked at, but Josh King was available on a free. You're telling me that someone, no one thought, wait a minute, we've got Harry Kane, we've got the 17-year-old Dane Scarlett, here's Josh King, he's available, he's on a free, he's 25, he's playing the Premier League. So you're telling me that kid doesn't fill the gap between Josh King between Dane Scarlett and Harry Kane? So I mean, that kid doesn't fit, fit that gap at all? Now, I know he's gone to Watford, and everyone's like, oh, Watford, what, what are they? But you know what? We needed just a body, a body there. And we didn't do that. Now, we've been looking to replace Dembele for years, but we won't get the best out of Dembele for a long time anyway. I think he took, what, the dire suspension against Liverpool? And then suddenly we thought, oh, wait, shit, we put Dembele there, and suddenly it all just clicked. So everything's happened by accident, you know? The famously, Alex Ferguson was, what was it? He was 90 minutes away from getting sacked. From, you know, if he hadn't won that FA Cup target, not in Forest. That's it. That whole thing will come crashing down. And everyone talks about that class of 92, how good he's bringing kids. Post that class of 92, how many kids did he bring on? None. Not really. What he did was make very good astute signings and move players on when he felt they were too, too big for their boots. Then he was able to do that because United have had a very dominant mark position. Obviously, the Chelsea takeover, City takeover, Arsenal's emergence made it harder for him, but that's what he did. We are in a position now that, and I've said this, we are essentially a stadium company. We have a bunch of players that advertise our merchandise on the pitch. Yeah? We just have, you know, I mean, and I said, you know, we had a bunch of people that were probably booing yesterday, but they were probably in the stadium afterwards just getting pissed in bed. There's, there are fucking thousands, there, there are at least 25 pubs that they can go into. Yeah, if you're pissed off Enoch, that's how you attack. Yeah, that's how you decide, you know what, I'm not putting money to him. I have not bought a single. I think, I think I might have bought a couple of fridge magnets, but 
I have not bought a single Spurs bit of merchandise for myself. You know, like you can't say it. I'm not this is a really barbecue teacher, but um, you know, I, I don't wear anything Spurs. I will wear Spurs non-official gear because that's how you have the club. All your tattered sponsors. That's what we need to do. We need to say to Enoch, we are not taking this shit anymore. And so, do you know what? You count on us. Well, do you know what? Count on us because we're, we're Tottenham. We're, we're the kind of guys that we fucking burned down our own fucking town when we didn't like the shit was going on down. You know, I think we won't come for you lot. It's 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 a it's a it's a fiery uh fiery thought. I mean, look, I, I I think a lot of what people don't realize is that the people that question Enoch and question Daniel Levy also do recognize that he has built, you know, he has built something financially in North London, and he's built something strong and stable. Um, they just haven't done it on the football pitch. And that's what people care about the most. Um, and, you know, Shuban, to what you're talking about, it's, you know, it's a brand. It's a, it's a, it's sponsorships. It's, it's all of that is extremely strong and stable and um, it's a money-making corporation, but on the football pitch, it has gone to complete and utter shit in a very, very short time. And it's something that, football fans and people who have a some semblance of a clue of what the hell they're talking about which is like what we us four like to like to think about ourselves it's something that we all could see coming from a ways away and it's something that uh is frustrating to to watch uh you know kind of happen but before our eyes um look guys we have a lot more to to kind of look at because we've kind of looked at how this is broken down i want to look at how it's getting better and 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 what's what it's going to look like going forward beyond Nuno Espirito Santo. We're going to do all of that. Uh, We're going to do it right after the break. Welcome back into a spooky, scary edition of the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here with you along with Scott, Dakota, and Shuban. Um, Guys, I'm looking ahead and look, as we're recording this, we know that Nuno Espirito Santo has not officially been sacked, but it does appear that that's going to happen. Um, Maybe by the time you listen to this, he has been. (laughs) Perhaps perhaps by the time you're listening, it it, it sounds by all indications that it's going to happen on Monday at some point. So perhaps you're listening to this uh, over in the UK or, or, or even in the United States and uh, or or wherever, and it's been done. Um, Spurs have two more matches before yet another international break. They play this Thursday against Vitesse at home in the Europa Conference League. Then they play next Sunday uh, away to Everton. Then it's another international break. We get another one of these, you know, World Cup qualifying um, breaks. And then there are only three more matches uh, in the month of November. It's home to Leeds, away to Murrah in the Europa Conference League, and then away to Burnley. And then there are nine matches in the month of December for this club to play. Nine matches, which is just bonkers. Um, you've got one Europa Conference League match against Wren. Uh, that is the final group stage match. You've got the cup match against West Ham. And then seven Premier League matches to play in the month of December. Um, guys, what manager is going to come in here and and write this ship <laughs> with with all of with all of these matches uh coming thick and fast it's it i i don't see anything being rescued even if it is just a ryan mason appointment at this point my vote still goes to the Dulux dog <laughs> yeah shuban wants the Dulux dog to come in and and just stand on the sideline um which which hell might be the best option at this point but Scott, I, 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 we can we can see by by your your little message on your screen, you're 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 Tim Sherwood fan. You, you want Tim <laughs> Sherwood in? This uh, I will say this: I love Tim Sherwood, always will. Um, do I actually want him to be in charge? Probably not. Um, I think that we will we will sack Nuno. Um, if if we really want a caretaker, I can make an argument as to why he'd be a good one. I don't really think we need to go down that path right now, right? For the for the for the sake of time, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of three people that we're looking at right now. And and if it's not one of them, you know, 
actually one of them would involve a caretaker, but if it's not, you know, one of these three people, then I, then I assume it is a caretaker situation for a bit, but, um, we know Conte is rubbish. That's not happening, but you can look at Fonseca. It looks like, you know, he was potentially invested in, in a move to, to Newcastle or an opportunity there. Um, he probably fits the mold for, for, you know, the Spurs DNA. If we want to say that, as far as the style of football, I, I'm not an expert on the guy, but it does seem like his, his push for like a free flowing attacking style of football, maybe cause problems in his managerial appointment at Spurs, which is fucking weird because, we're, in, we're looking to maybe backtrack on that. Um, you can look at the Sergio Conceicao guy. I think I'm saying that right. Um, Porto's manager. Interesting interesting there because he does play a 4-4-2, kind of like a route one approach. And I think, uh, you know, a, a Kane and, dare I say, a Deli up top might be conducive to the way this guy likes to play. Uh, but he does use two sixes. Um, scares me a little bit, right? Because you're relying on on those wide players who would probably be Son and Lucas to, to do most of the creating, you know, with like a Hoybier and a skip and a pivot. And then, you know, or, or I think Hoybier, skip, De, uh, Gio and Tongi kind of make up that group that would be in that in that pivot for this guy or the double pivot. But um, so so tactically, I think he he may find the personnel at Spurs to do what he wants to do day one, which is interesting. But back to my point about is moving on from Kane, right? Um, and so what I really hope, and I know Dakota is probably going to want to jump in, but but I really just hope we can get to December 31st of this year and get Gallardo in because I think he's the perfect person to actually, to answer your question, Andrew, fix this shit for us. And it's not going to happen overnight. We maybe thought Nuno was the long-term option to do that. Clearly he's not, right? Um, but he's somebody who's been in his club for a long time is invested in loyalty and, and, and taking on something like this. And you're, you're really, I'm not even joking. You're really hard pressed to find somebody as intertwined in the sport of football in Argentina, who doesn't have some sort of affinity to Tottenham. It's like a real fucking thing. And so um, I think he, I think he's, he's a very good option. If we stack Nuno and it has to be Ryan Mason until the end of this calendar year, then so be it. But I really look at my boy, Tim Sherwood and all this for two seconds. I'll just say, the guy and Kane are extremely close. Like we know that for sure. Um, I think he can maybe bring Delhi back to some degree and really, really kind of give him the the confidence to get back to where he's been. Tim Sherwood is that kind of guy. He's he's outlandish and he says really stupid shit, but he does it privately. And I think in a way that's not demotivating. But I say stupid shit because it's like you're out of your element. But if you can get the guy to play like that, then so be it. And then I also think. He found a way to get a lot out of two guys who are kind of box-to-box midfielders in Mason and, and Bentola at a time where we really needed something there. And I look at Tongi and Gio, and I think he could do something, but I'm this is stupid because it'll never be Tim Sherwood, right? But it's going to have to be one of those three guys, and if it can be Gallardo with Mason at the helm and tell them, that'd certainly be my preference. Yeah, Scotty, I think you're spot on. Um if if someone's going to come straight in, it's going to be Fonseca. Um, I I think, which I would love. Um, I watched I, a, a ridiculous amount of his games when I thought he was going to be our manager, and I was ready to just break that down and get everybody hyped about it. Um, so if that happens, I'm locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, but you know, I I saw a rumor earlier today that um, someone said that Nuno is going to get the sack and. Ryan Mason is going to be appointed and that the club was expecting or anticipating him being in charge until the Christmas period. And if that's the case, it's definitely because Gallardo's coming. And in my opinion, if he is coming, you know, I'm going to use a Scott bird phrase here. He's already signed the papers. He's already <laughs> like, he, it's a done deal. Um, which, you know, it, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on makes a little sense with the timeline of this summer of why it took so long, why Nuno only signed a two year contract where if he finishes outside the top six of the first year, we don't have to pay him any money um, because we had our guy and he, but he is loyal to his, to his place. Like Scott said, and he's been at river plate for a long, long time. He's won more trophies than anybody can imagine at that club. And he's the type of manager that we're going to need, not necessarily play style. Um, I honestly don't know enough to 
to speak to that, but he's got something to prove in England. Uh, and he can come in and relate to, to this group because people just take a huge dump on these players all the time of how they can't get over the line. And they need someone that's going to be able to, to rally that and, and motivate them and have something to prove with them. And coming from a South American country where people aren't going to think of, think as highly of the football there to a, a premier league into a setup like what Tottenham Hotspur is. Um, even if it is a, you know, just a stadium business, that means they're going to have the facility and have the means to, to win some football games um, in the future. So I would be excited uh, if it was Marcelo Gallardo because of that reason. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. It could honestly, it could just be someone totally off the walls that we haven't even thought about. And if that's the case, we need to buckle in for another bumpy ride because uh, well, it could get interesting. Well, one name that we haven't mentioned yet that actually maybe somewhat realistic is revisiting Brendan Rodgers because Lester isn't in a great place at the moment. Um, yeah, and he, I don't he's think he's yeah, also. He is, and like I, the thing yeah, about I mean, him that club lost to me. Arsenal. That's that's really bad. Yeah, it's embarrassing. And honestly, I. I don't think he would be a good option because I think him tailing off like this is kind of been the, the tail, the, the, geez, I can't talk right now, but it's just been the story with him over and over. Right? Maybe not at Celtic, but it's probably, probably a bit of an anomaly there. Um, I don't think so. But at the same time, if, if we want somebody who can give us more of that style of play that we're looking for, Lester is probably not as an attractive of a place as it was this summer, right? When, when he said no thanks to us. So you may see that name pop up too. Yeah. I just, with, with, with all the games coming, I mean, and, and, and this is what's weird, you know, our, our buddy Matt Hayes is, I guess, reporting or or says that this is going to be done by, by Monday with an international break coming up. It, that feels like, you know, it feels like a very Spurs thing to do. It's what they did last time with Mourinho uh, and sacking Pochettino, even though they waited till the very end of that international break, which was weird. Um, it just seems like these are, these are the times to do it. And 17 matches guys, I mean, 17 matches competitively. Um, and what about three months, uh, four months, really? It's, it's, it's just seems so quick, but it seems like, um, this has just gone downhill so fast and all these different names being thrown out. There is not a perfect candidate. Um, I, you know, the Antonio Conte things are thing is silly to me. I don't want any, any part of that. Um, and, and the other name that I don't think we've even mentioned here is Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> and, and that's a long-term thing as well. Not a, not a short-term caretaker thing, obviously. Um, but that's another name where I'm like, I'm kind of out. I just I I want this team to find to take its time and find a long term solution. And if that has to wait until after the new year, fair enough. That that's what it's going to be. But it, this team needs long term solutions, not a band aid. I think we didn't find that even by any small since Mourinho came in. Um, yeah. I think. Look, I think for me, that over the first season under. I was saying, you know, if there were struggles, I was at Stoke game and it was just awful. It just wasn't working. And then suddenly it just worked. Kane, I mean, I was there and I was just there, there for the Kane game against Chelsea. And suddenly it all just fit into place. And then the next year, again, there were struggles. But the year afterwards, when I met a whole bunch of the guys, um, Arizona Spurs, original Arizona Spurs that came over, and we were playing some of the best football I'd, I'd ever seen. It was, and it was a joy just to see us competing. Yesterday, to not even have a shot on target. That, for me, it's just not acceptable. It really isn't. And sometimes, I mean, we saw with, um, I think, what was it? Um, Palace, they brought in, we've been linked to Eretang Haag. And I just, I said to, I said to one of our guys, how do you know he's not ranked to Walmart too? Yeah. Because that's the thing, we don't know. Until you sign this manager, we spoke about people who spoke about Graham Potter. Well, Graham Potter, Yes, he was at Brighton, but that's because the structure of Brighton has been developed to allow him to do his job to the best of his ability. Look at when Ramos came to Tottenham. 
that but I think was it Monchi? He couldn't he couldn't he couldn't we couldn't bring him over from Seville, Sevilla, which I'm sure Dakota was very happy about. And um and that and that just didn't work. So a lot of it, it is about taking that chance. And you know, we could we talk about Conte, we can talk about loads of people. I think ultimately I you have heard me obviously being very angry. I mean, look, I you guys I'm not, I think I'm, I think Tim, I think oh, sorry, Tim Sherwood, Scott aside, you heard none of you guys have been to the original lane, I don't think. What they have done in transforming the old wild lane to the new wild lane is incredible. It really is. You know, it is it is a magnificent stadium. It's done with our own money. We haven't used taxpayer money, unlike a certain chubby little shithole in, in in Hackney. You know, we've used we've our own money, and yes, and on the field they've made all the changes. I mean, I think what we what, here's another thing. Newcastle are also looking for a manager. Yeah, you know? that that that's that's a real fly in the ointment because how do we know that they're not going to go to any that any any manager that we're going to go go to is going to say, well, look, Newcastle have also offered me this much money and this much transfer and this much wages, which actually might work in our favour then because then we can say, look, contractually you have to do all this, otherwise that manager is not going to join us. So who knows? Maybe the Newcastle getting all this money will actually cause us to have to um, release the funds just because any manager that can come to us can go to Newcastle. You know, so that, 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 if anything, ironically, Newcastle's funding can actually strengthen any new manager that comes in. You'll say, I want this, 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 this. If you don't, I'm going to go to Newcastle. And, you know. Well, not to mention the fact that even a club like Manchester United are, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not completely out of the woods yet. Just because he 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 dog walked Tottenham Hotspur in North London, you know, that doesn't mean he's completely out of the woods in Manchester either. So you, you talk about a club like that being in the mix. You talk about, I mean, look look on the international stage. You know, Barcelona have just fired their manager recently. We don't know what's going to happen with PSG and Pochettino long term. Um, there are a lot more. Uh, opportunities out there than just Tottenham Hotspur at this point. And, uh, you know, Shuban, again, you bring up a really good point to, to this, you know, you, you're talking about how all these other clubs have structure. This club has structure. Spurs have structure. It's just a financial structure. It's not a footballing structure. And when Spurs went to hire Nuno or whoever they actually really wanted in the summer, they talked about, um, wanting to bring a manager in that was going to bring back the the free flowing attacking style and this and that. To me, how are you going to hire a manager and then tell him how to manage? That makes no sense to me. I, I know that all fans want you know the old Tottenham back, but whoever they manage, they have to let manage. They can't hire a manager and tell them you need to play a more attacking style. That's not. At that point, you might as well just, as a board, just hire an attacking manager. Just it's- hire an attacking manager. Don't don't hire a manager like Nuno and tell him to play a more attacking style. Don't hire a manager like Jose Mourinho and tell him to play a more attacking style. You, you, you at this point, you're just hiring a leopard and trying to change his spots, and it makes no sense. Um, none of that, none of that is intelligent, and none of it is what this club is set up to do from a footballing standpoint. Again. Enoch, Daniel Levy, they run a great franchise. They run a great uh, money-making empire. They are not running a football club right now. And who knows if they really care to. Uh, look, we can criticize them for, 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 for that. That's all fair. You can't really criticize them for what they've built from a financial empire standpoint because that's what they are there to do. They are there to, to answer to the board and make the money and, you know, sell the ads and, and, you know, have the Dulux dog out there for a photo op and, and all of that. Um, even if he's not going to be holding up a shirt and, and roaming around the sidelines, managing this club. Um, that is, that is what this board is, is here to do from a footballing standpoint. They have utterly shit the bed and we're seeing that as fans and supporters. Now we're seeing that on the pitch. We're seeing, years of mismanagement come to a head 
And we're seeing it in an appointment like Nuno Espirito Santo, who, again, we all seem to tend to like as a, as a person, as a guy. But he came in here a few months ago and said he was going to make us proud. And I don't think he was ever really given the chance to do that because he was told you need to do this thing. And that's not what he does. And he wasn't given really any opportunity to do so. And part of that is his fault. And part of it really is not his fault either. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say this earlier and it, it builds off that well, but this hire is, if I'm, if I'm Levy, this hire is so crucial to the point where if I get it wrong again, I'm like thinking, should I just like sell this thing? Because this is like just perpetually toxic and it's getting worse. And before, and, and again, I'm being, I'm being reactionary. Like I don't actually think he would sell the club. Right. But I think that the message that is going to be continued is going to continue to be delivered to him over and over is get this right. Or it could get really bad for you. Right. And so I think, I, I think if you just bring in another, you know, manager down the line of people you want, the fans are going to be upset. I think if I'm Levy, I know that a certain PSG manager is the, the easiest way to fix this. Right. And get everybody back and back, back from apathy, like 100%. Oh, it, it, the emotion that will stem from a Pochettino return will fix everything for Levy. It will. That's Watch a short, it. that's a short term, like, uh, like that's a, that's totally. a, that's a, that's a meth hit. That's all that is. I mean, yeah. yes, exactly. But he maybe needs one of those right now. Right. And the other option is Gallardo. <laughs> you're, so you're suggesting we all do some meth is what you're saying. No, right? I'm <laughs> suggesting that he needs a quick, a quick boost of positivity. But that's not good it. for your long-term health is my point. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you fix the problem really fast and then figure out how to fix it, right? And and why is Pochettino not a long-term anyways? That's a, that's a whole other conversation, I think. But I know you guys remember this, but about 20 years ago, we were linked to Rivaldo, and we didn't sign him, and there was some less saying, oh, we almost signed Rivaldo. His, you know, he was really impressed at everything, but we just couldn't offer him the wages. Turns out that letter was a fake. It wasn't even from Rivaldo. May I actually ask him about it? He had no idea. It came from his agent, probably, or someone connected with him. Levy has form for literally lying, not lying to the fans, but he does, he does. I don't think he has an interest in the club. We've heard about, oh, my uncle took me when I was younger, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you're, if you're a real football fan, you wouldn't have signed up for the European Super, for the European Super League. You know? But, but, yeah. but Shuan, that goes back to the point that I was making earlier. He, his, his interest is is purely it's financial. I mean, he he has to say all those things that you're talking about. He has to say that he has you know a love for the club and a love. For, he's not a football guy. He's a he's a money guy. He's there to make money for the club, and that's that's unfortunately. I mean, we look at sports all throughout the world, and that's what Daniel Levy types are. That's what these guys are, unfortunately. And to, to Scott's point, I don't, he can, he can fuck up this managerial hire again, because what's the actual motivation going to be for him to sell? It's money. It's not fucking up on the football pitch. He's been doing that for five years and no one's, I mean, I'm sure people are calling for him to calling for Enoch out and calling for the, for, for them to sell, but it's not actually, there's not nothing actually pushing that to happen. So the only thing that's going to actually push that to happen and, and Shuban made this point earlier before we even started recording is money. If Dude, this club loses, point. if this like, club loses, club loses money at a rapid pace, that's what makes things change. And exactly. there's, and there's just not enough to push for that. Well, not I don't think it happen. is. Well, no, but here's the thing. Like if he doesn't get the managerial search, right. And we can't figure out how to play good football. We're going to miss out on all this revenue that is built into all of this, right? It, it definitely matters. Like he has to get this footballing appointment, right? Or what I'm saying is his brand is going to continue to go in the wrong direction. And it's not at all right now, but right now, I guess we're getting closer to a point where the revenue could take a loss. And I'm talking about Champions League football, right? And if we don't get back to that, those levels of revenue, he will not be able to build the brand to the point he wants it to get to, to sell it, right? We all know that's probably the long-term play, even if it's a decade from now, but he's got to get the footballing, piece of this right quickly or we're going to lose a lot of revenue yeah un un unfortunately he's 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 already screwed it up a couple of times and it's 
he's he, he has the he has the wherewithal to be able to screw it up more is my point oh totally Look, as long as we're in the premier league as long as fans keep buying the merch tv money keeps coming in you're not gonna i mean i don't know what the profits are because i don't know how long i got probably i'm guessing yeah he's like a healthy dividend but yeah you know, the the owners are happy with him because we are making good money why would why would they find why would they sell him clearly why would sell gold mine clearly we're a gold mine right now just to give you guys context there isn't the big i mean also arsenal stadium it is it, it is a venue but people don't really go there as much compared to say oh, oh right now they have, they, they've had a few events but compared to like having the boxing and everything else and everything that Spurs want to do they have now do that essentially we are the o2 center of the north which is what which is what we are. We're a stadium company. We're like, I don't know what the Toronto team is, but the, the guys who own that stadium there, but they just have, we just happen to have a very, uh, a sitting tenant. That's basically what we are. And football teams are sitting tenant. We are a stadium company. We're a merchandising company. And occasionally we're a football company. That's what, that's what makes the money for us. And unfortunately, unless we're willing to accept that, People say, oh, we'll, we'll get a new owner in. Who's going to spend three and a half billion pounds to buy that club? The only way you can do that is to buy it with a shitload of debt or you get from a sovereign wealth fund. And guess what? Guess, you know what? That last one, that went to Newcastle. So yep. we're not going to get someone. Unless Jeff Bezos does something really stupid and wants to buy us, which I seriously doubt, you know, that's not going to happen. So we're stuck with Levy. We have to work out how to best work this relationship with who we're stuck with. Well, and even someone oh, like yeah. Jeff Bezos would have to, you know, would, would be forced to find that cash on hand. It's not like you can just say he's, well, he's worth that much. Like he would have to actually have the cash on hand to buy a club like Spurs. And it's just not, it, that's not in the realm. But look, I think that the Levy's best option here is to let the football people make the footballing decisions. And he's hired, he has hired Paratici at this point. He has to let Paratici make the decision, it, it, not Levy make the, this. Is, this cannot be a Levy decision. This cannot be a Levy hire. This has to be a Paratici decision. And unfortunately for Paratici, he's he's hiring a manager to manage Tottenham Hotspur run by Daniel Levy. That's the that's what he's saddled with. He's not hiring someone to run, you know. Barcelona or Manchester United or Manchester City or any of these other much bigger brands and bigger clubs that don't have the the horrid reputation now that, that Spurs have built for themselves over the last four or five seasons. Um, that's what Paratici has gotten himself into and what he is now burdened with. But if Daniel Levy tries to put his fingerprints on this hire from a footballing standpoint, we're going to be back here in another six months to a year to, to, to 18 months talking about the same bullshit that we're talking about now, because that's just the way that this cycle will have gone. Um, I don't, I don't know how to end that on a positive note or, you know, bring this around to say that's where we're at, but that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think when we were talking earlier, you know, about the fact that we were through to the next round of the Carabao cup and, you know, you hear people say like, well, we're still and none of you guys. Right. But, oh, we're still like not in horrible shape in the table. Like, I don't want to hear any of that. I just want this to get fixed. Like, yep. I don't care about any of the results. I don't I don't want us to keep I and I'm not and I will never say I want Tottenham to lose. That's not what I'm saying here. But all I'm saying is, like, I don't even care about results at all. Just fix this. And then I'll start being more concerned with where we're at in the table and where we're at in the cups and blah, 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 because. I don't know. Anytime, anytime, and this is where I say I don't ever want us to lose, but anytime we sneak out a win like we did against Burnley, right? It's like, oh, maybe things aren't as bad as they, they seem. Again, I never want us to lose to, to prove that things are bad, but I'm just saying it has to get fixed before any of us should really be too concerned with any of that, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just feel like if it, and this just goes back to the point that I made earlier. If if Daniel Levy continues to try to put his fingerprint on footballing decisions, it just it the cycle 
the cycle continues. He's, he's the Michael Myers in this situation. He's just going to keep coming back and haunting us for, for, for the longest time. Nice Halloween shot there, boy. Yeah, that's, that's the way that goes. Um, this has been a fun one, guys, despite the subject matter. Uh, this is like, you know, we keep being haunted by this club, which, like I said, is kind of fitting for the theme and the day. Um, Scott can be followed at DSM Spurs. Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. Shuban is at the real Shuban. You can follow me at a Stedka. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram now at Tottenham Depot. Uh, Vitesse on Thursday got to avenge a, a loss in the Europa Conference League against Vitesse. What a what a world we live in when that is is something that's happening. When we are looking ahead to trying to <laughs> trying to get one back against Vitesse. And then at at Everton next Sunday, we will be here to talk about those matches next week. And uh, hopefully, whoever that, whether it's Ryan Mason, Fonseca, wh- whoever it is, uh, we will be here to break it down for you at the Tottenham Depot. Uh, this has been a fun one, guys. Until next week, as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>